You're going to love this. Just love it. Yeah, but I don't know if I will. You might. I I probably won't. It's just been that kind of a day. In the middle with you from Pacifica Radios, KPFK in Los Angeles. This is the broadcast as heard on 90.7 FM in LA, 91.7 FM KYAQ on the beautiful Oregon Central Coast, 93 FM WLRI in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and in other fine terrestrial affiliates in parts unknown. Talking to you, Hawaii, K-A-K-U. Also heard coast-to-coast coast and around the globe on kpfk.org. On the iTunes, streaming on the Progressive Voices channels, on Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, Radio or Not, Radio Free Brooklyn, and Radio Sputnik, amongst other fine affiliates. We are heard five days a week. And I hope you join us every single one of those days. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, broadcaster. Did I say muckraker? Not yet. Did I say troublemaker? Yeah. Did I say all-around swell fellow? Not yet. Swell-around swell fellow from bradblog.com. At says least you. says me, if not you. Uh, welcome to another thrilling adventure. And it has been a thrilling adventure throughout the day today. This show today has changed, I don't know, ten times uh, as, as uh, the day has worn on up until air. It could change mid-show. But that's what makes it exciting. That's what makes radio all the more exciting. Uh, that lovely voice you heard, by the way, is uh, the lovely and de- uh, delightful uh, Desi Doyen. Hi, Desi. Hi. I'm producer. on the edge of my seat waiting to find out what we are going to be talking about today. Yeah, you have no today. idea, do you? <laughs> Some producer you are, you don't even know what you're producing today, although we do know that you are producing uh, today's Green News Report. This is true. Which will be a little bit later in uh, in the broadcast uh, with a, a lot of big stuff, actually. A very bad week, as you describe it. A very bad week for fossil fuels uh, over the past week from, let's see, Obama's rejection of the Keystone XL pipeline to a, a huge coal company caught in, in big trouble. Uh, this is the, the largest coal company in the nation, right? Yes, Peabody? it would be considered the largest publicly traded coal company in the world. So it's not in the world. Peabody yes, in the coal. world. Peabody in the coal. world. Right. All right. And that's different than Alpha Coal I think it's resources. because, uh, you know, I'd have to go double check, right. but I believe it's because Alpha is the largest in the U.S. and also is, pr- I think it's privately owned, but that would be something I'd See, have to go look up now. I so. know. Yeah, you do. See, I'm pressing everybody today. I'm pressing everybody to get their facts right because uh, I really want to know th- the answers to uh, so many questions. We ch- we go out of our way to get them right. Anyway, I'll get to that in a second. Uh, so let's see. Peabody Cole, they're in trouble. Exxon Mobil. 
Looks like they could be uh, storm clouds gathering for uh, for Exxon and what they knew and when they knew it concerning uh, climate change as early as 1977. We've been talking about that a lot on this show. We're going to talk more about that later this week as well. And a second hurricane. What? A second hurricane hits Yemen yeah. in a single week. Yeah. Have they ever had a, a hurricane? Well, not since record keeping, reliable record keeping <laughs> began in 1945. But yeah. Two hurricanes in one week in one where week. they didn't have any before. In so, the Middle yeah, East. that's not weird at all. In the desert, whatever. Yeah, well, nothing to worry about. So all of that on the Green News Report uh, with Desi Doyen a little bit later uh, in the show. Um, what else do we? Oh, uh, corrections. Corrections first. I like to put the corrections right up front when I get something wrong. I want to. Uh, I don't want to bury it at the back. I want to get it right out front. Uh, yesterday, I was talking about the situation at uh, Mizzou. With the college, um, or with the uh, uh, Missouri University uh, and the protests going on, the uh, African American football players, actually the entire football team, go Tigers, who say we ain't going to play no more until the uh, university president resigns. They, they did resign, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, but in covering that story yesterday, I cited over at the Nation uh, Dave Zirin and his report, although I refer to him as Dave Zirin. So I was wrong. I want to make that correction uh, that came to us from a uh, from a listener, Fred G., uh, who says it's Zyron Long I. He says, I know this for a fact. He has slept on my spare bed. I have hugged his sister. I don't know what that means. I don't know why he's hugged Dave Zyron's sister, but I have since confirmed that. And it is, in fact, Dave Zyron. My apologies uh, to Dave Zyron. For that error, got that correction out of the way. All right, uh, tomorrow, uh, our big debate coverage coming up as Fox Business Channel is holding, oh boy, their GOP debate uh, this evening, uh, wherein uh, Governors Chris Christie and uh, Mike Huckabee have now been relegated down to the kiddie table debate. Their poll numbers apparently are so low, they don't even get to debate with the grown-ups, not even on Fox Business Channel. And if you think Fox News is a bunch of right-wing loons, buckle up for Fox Business Channel. I can only imagine where they are going. And uh, in the in the kiddie table debate, by the way, Senator Lindsey Graham and Governor George Pataki, former governor of New York, they have both been tossed out entirely. They don't even get to participate at the kiddies table. So, uh, which, by the way, I think is outrageous. I think it's ridiculous. It's outrageous. All of these candidates ought to be debating whether they do it in two separate tiers, uh, not tiers, but, you know, draw straws randomly in one debate for an hour, one group debate for an hour, the other group debate for the other hour. Why do you feel that way? Why do I feel that way? Yeah, why, well, why, ridic- why should we bother to listen to all these people that, <laughs> well, uh, you know, that obviously Fox News and the media feel shouldn't be running anymore because they don't want to give them any airtime. So why? Well, it's up to you if you want to listen to them or not, but they should be presented to the electorate as opposed to basing this on national polls, which we don't, especially when you got, you know, 15 different people in the race. But we don't run our elections on national polls. We run them state by state. So whatever happens in Iowa at the caucuses is going to make a huge difference for the rest of the primary. Whatever happens in New Hampshire, it's going to make a huge difference for the rest of the primary. And so to say that, uh, you, you know, we should base who gets to appear in these primary d- 
debates based on what some guy in South Dakota might think. Nothing against South Dakota, but I have no idea when they're even or if they even have a primary uh, is ridiculous. And it's also a catch 22. You do better with amongst the electorate, amongst the uh, people who are polled when you appear in a debate. Uh, and if you have low numbers, it might be because the American public hasn't seen you. So these people, they should all be out there. You're talking about, a, you know, serious candidates as serious as anybody amongst that group of Republican candidates this year can be, but serious in that, well, it's a sitting senator, Senator Lindsey Graham. Uh, governor George Pataki, two ter- actually three-term governor, I believe, of New York State. He should be in the debate. Anyway, we'll talk more about that tomorrow, because none of this is the main stuff that I was hoping to cover today, which is, again, elections. And actually... I was kind of hoping to not have to cover this today, but they keep pulling me back in. Um, First off, last night's Daily Show, don't know if you saw it, but was uh, they did a very funny bit, uh, a a, a package piece for several minutes on how bad our voting machines are, how bad our voting system is, how ridiculous it is, how they are failing, how the machines break down, how they cannot be relied upon. These computers, not just the computers that people vote on, but the, uh, the tabulators that count the votes. For example, when you vote on paper, kind of drives me nuts. I'm not doing my job because I haven't made this clear to people. When you vote on paper, when you vote on a hand-marked paper ballot, that's fantastic. However, it is still, in almost every case across this country, counted by a computer. Counted on a computer. Not by a human being. Not verified. Counted by a computer. A computer Uh, Which, yes, uh, as they talked about on The Daily Show, uh, is not reliable, are are breaking down, are very old. Many of them run, you know, Windows 95, maybe, (laughs) if they're lucky. Um, They're old systems. They simply fail. In many cases, they simply fail. They can also be gamed. They can be manipulated. They can be manipulated uh, either by an election insider who has access at the polling place. They can often be manipulated from outside by a hacker. And there are various means that uh, make it possible to get into these systems via the Internet, via uh, memory cards that are programmed and put in. There's all kinds of ways. There's all kinds of ways to get in and game the system if you're interested, if you want, if it's important to you. If there are, let's say, billions of dollars riding on the results, as is the case in almost every election. So uh, they talked about that on The Daily Show. Great. Glad to see it. They uh, one of the things they uh, sort of uh, were using as the centerpiece for their story was this report from the Brennan Center for Justice on America's failing voting machines that are getting old, that are aged, that uh as Brennan Center says, need to be replaced. We had Larry Norden on this show a few weeks ago. He's the author of that report. Good to see him last night on The Daily Show. Uh, I agree with him that the machines are old. We need to get rid of him, rid of them. I disagree that we need to replace them with other computers that have all of the same problems that the old computers have. But we had that out on the show a few weeks ago. You can 
stop by bradblog.com. You can look up the uh, conversation with uh, Lawrence Norden from the Brennan Report. Uh, I'm sorry, Brennan Center for Justice. Uh, his his uh, appearance on Daily Show was uh, was excellent. Very funny. Um, so, yeah, these are on everyone's mind, and they're certainly on everyone's mind after what happened last week in the great state of Kentucky, the bluegrass state, the Commonwealth of Kentucky, when uh, it looked like the uh, Democratic candidate for governor was going to win and then ended up not winning. Looked like he was going to win based on the pre-election polls, which had him up three, four, five percent. And then the results came in showing that he lost by nine uh, percent. That the Republican one, the unpopular uh, uh, Republican candidate uh, who had promised to uh, take away uh, health care for almost half a million Kentuckians. For some reason, that Tea Partier guy by the name of Matt Bevan ended up being announced the winner. The results in that race were not actually verified by human beings. Once again, uh, a great deal of the uh, state voted on hand-marked paper ballots. That's good. But then those paper ballots were run through the voting machine, uh, through the uh, tabulators, op-scan machines, which counted them either correctly or incorrectly. Nobody knows because nobody's bothered to check. I think people ought to check. Uh, <laughs> this seems like a no-brainer to me when it comes to elections, when it comes to billions of dollars. And apparently it's a no-brainer to a lot of people in, in Kentucky. Since we started talking about this last week, the day after the election, uh, people are beginning to pay attention. People in Kentucky are beginning to pay attention. Over at change.org, there is now a petition calling on the Secretary of State uh, to, uh, to hold a hand count of those paper ballots that were cast last week in the race. Now, the Secretary of State is, uh, is currently a Democrat, and uh, she won last week, uh, by the way. She won with tens of thousands more votes uh, than uh, were, were cast for the Democrat at the top of the ticket, Jack Conway, the popular attorney general. Oh, and by the way, in the attorney general's race, since Jack Conway was leaving to run for uh, for governor in the attorney general's race, the Democrat won there as well by tens of thousands of more votes than was received by Jack Conway at the top of the ticket in the governor's race. Now, that can happen. It's possible. But who knows if it's accurate? So uh, change.org, a petition uh, is calling for the Secretary of State, Allison Lundergan Grimes, uh, to uh, hold a public hand count of every ballot that was cast on November 3rd. Good. Very good idea. Uh, more than 10,000 people, uh, let's see, to, uh, almost 10,500 uh, uh, people have now signed this petition. Many of them are <clears throat> uh, Kentuckians. Uh, this was put up by Concerned Kentucky Residents. So if you want, we'll, we'll link to it later on at Brad, uh, bradblog.com. But if you want, uh, just do a search uh, for, for change.org and then uh, in quotes, Concerned Kentucky Residents, and you should be able to find it. Um, so there you go. Uh, that is uh, what's continuing to happen in Kentucky. And uh, this was picked up again today on uh, on the Tom Hartman program. I started hearing people saying that uh, Tom's talking about you again. I was on uh, <clears throat> last week to talk about this issue and the uh, 
the petition here at change.org actually has a, a video of, of my uh, interview with Tom Hartman uh, to help encourage people to sign that petition. Uh, it, Tom made a good point that I think I'll bring up. I think we'll bring up after this break. Uh, we have uh, some audio from his conversation as far as why it is that Democrats don't actually do anything about this, why it is that Democrats don't take action on these concerns. Now, I know I have a guess why Republicans don't uh, take much action on it. Um, but you know what? When they get a whiff of anything wrong, they love to pretend there's this massive voter fraud going on. No, it's election fraud that is the great concern, because that's how you flip thousands of votes, millions of votes in a second. Um, election fraud being insiders. Well, not necessarily. It okay. could be an outsider. It's But it's flipping elections. It's not a voter, a single voter lining up to vote twice, okay. which is what Republicans like to pretend is going on or that somebody's voting in the name of someone else. And that's why we have to have photo ID restrictions that do nothing but keep legitimate voters, largely Democratic leaning ones, from being able to cast their vote. So uh, that's what photo ID restrictions do. Yeah, there is some voter fraud that goes on. It's usually via absentee voting. Um, or as in the case of Kentucky a few years ago, they were actually buying and selling votes. Massive conspiracy sent uh, eight of the top uh, election officials in Clay County, Kentucky, to jail for uh, collectively they were sentenced to 156 years, including the county clerk, the district court judge, the school superintendent, all members of the election uh, election board in Clay County. Uh, and all Republicans, by the way, actually, there was there was one guy who claimed to be a Democrat. But what they were doing was they were get uh, they, they were uh, hiring people to uh, to to register to vote as Democrats and then putting them in the polls so they could say, well, we got one Republican and one Democratic judge. Never mind that the Democratic judge was actually a Republican. Anyway, it was a mess. This is, uh, was going on for for decades in uh, in Clay County, Kentucky. So there is a rich history of election fraud in Kentucky underscoring why we should count the votes, which may be right, by the way. Maybe the Republican did win. Maybe. Maybe that happened. Maybe between, uh, you know, all of these independent polls that took place in just days before the election, maybe something happened that nobody knows about to make everyone change their mind to go out and vote for Republicans. That could have happened. So all I say is, great, great count the ballots and then we will know. We got ballots in most of the state. Yes, some uh, voters are forced to vote on 100 percent unverifiable touchscreen type systems. We will never, ever be able to verify a single one of those votes to know if it was counted accurately by the uh, tabulator. 100 percent impossible to verify that any touchscreen vote has ever recorded any vote accurately during any election. But on the paper ballots, we got those. So count them. All I want to know, and all, frankly, the uh, both the supporters uh, and the opponents of uh, these candidates in Kentucky deserve to know is, were their votes counted and counted accurately? That's not too much to ask. And what happens is these questions persist and they get worse. And now we're seeing questions in Ohio. And this is where and this is one of the, the things that has made today's show change so many times. 
uh, throughout the day as I was uh, doing reporting on this, as I was talking to the Ohio Secretary of State's office, trying desperately to make sense of numbers, which suggest at least that the results in at least one of the initiatives on the ballot in the great Buckeye state, the great state of Ohio, in at least one of the uh, initiatives, this one concerning the marijuana initiatives, that the votes were flipped from yes to no or vice versa. At least that's what some evidence uh, shows that was uh, reported by some, uh, some friends of mine, some great reporters, uh, who I've also been talking through throughout, talking to throughout the day as I'm trying to make sense of this. Uh, so were the uh, ballots flipped? Uh, by the way, uh, according to the results reported by the Secretary of State, uh, the uh, initiative to legalize marijuana in Ohio lost, and it lost big time by by a two to one margin. Huge results, huge huge uh, defeat. If the results, as reported by the electronic voting systems. Electronic voting and tabulation systems, if those results are correct. Um, well, let me, I'll tell you what, we'll take a break and we will come back with what we've got, what we've found out, what the screenshots from election night show us, and we'll try to make sense of it. And by the way, I think when I started today's program, I was angry. I think I'm even angrier now because the idea that it is so difficult to figure out our elections, to figure out if we can have confidence in the results as reported, the idea that it is so difficult in what we like to pretend is the world's greatest democracy is absolutely a debacle. I think what we've got here is the world's greatest debacle. That's a little bit closer to what we actually have. I'll explain uh, why and more after this break. You're listening to the Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Stay tuned. Hey, this is Brad. Do you enjoy your non-corporatized, commercial-free Bradcast? Yeah, me too. But we need your help to stay that way. Please consider supporting the investigative blogging, broadcasting, and muckraking that we do here on the Bradcast and the Green News Report and bradblog.com with a donation. It's easy. Stop by bradblog.com slash donate and drop a few dollars in the tip jar. You can make a one-time contribution or an automatic monthly donation of any amount you like. It's easy. It'll take you about 60 seconds, and you'll help me and Desi stay on the air to continue our troublemaking and muckraking without the corporate influence of anyone. Got it? Thanks. Stop by bradblog.com donate to help us out today. What is Evidence is clear. I'm not alone. There are thousands of us here. This is my democracy. You won't go telling me my vote don't matter anymore. Yeah, it does. It does matter. And it's not worth fighting for. And yes, it's still worth fighting for. Welcome back to the Bradcast. This Brad Friedman from Bradblog.com. You know, I use that song all the time. All the time on this program, it's by Victoria Parks, and I don't usually get uh, time to give her credit for that, uh, but that's uh, by Victoria Parks. She wrote that 
in 2000 after the 2004 election in Ohio where you know people were saying well you know what my vote doesn't matter anymore because they can flip the elections uh, with impunity look what they did in 2000 in Florida look what they did in Ohio in 2004 and so why should why should I even vote but my vote doesn't matter and I, I I'm sorry I have to say it all the time yeah your vote does matter if you don't vote nobody has got to steal it from you I'll talk about that a little bit more in a moment. And I'm going to talk about Ohio a little bit more in in a moment. Because the fact is, you know, Republicans, they don't want you to vote. They just don't want you to vote. Governor Christie does not want you to vote. Chris Christie in New Jersey, uh, where last week just 21 percent of voters came out to vote in the Garden State. And uh, in the 2014 midterm elections, just uh, 30, that was the one that Chris Christie won, just 30% of the state's eligible voters went to vote. Now it was down to 21. And so there was a bill called the New Jersey Democracy Act that would have made it uh, easier for people to vote, easier for people to get registered to vote. It's been sitting on Chris Christie's desk. It would expand early voting. It would uh, allow for online voter registration, which online, unlike online voting, online voter registration is a good idea and can be done securely. And uh, it would automatically register eligible voters when they got a driver's license unless they uh, say, no, we don't want to be registered to vote. So when they go to get a driver's license, it would automatically become registered. But Chris Christie vetoed it. He vetoed the bill. Chris Christie, as the New York Times writes, doesn't want your vote. It's true. He doesn't want you to vote. Republicans don't want you to vote. They do better when you don't vote. So if you think your vote doesn't matter anymore, well, uh, I would argue otherwise, but uh, you would be in the same camp with the Republicans who say uh, they don't want you to vote either. Uh, and by the way, in uh, 2013, yeah, it was Christie in, in 2013, he set a uh, state record uh, during his reelection for the lowest turnout in a race for governor. And then he vetoed the bill and he's claiming, oh, it's going to make it easier for voter fraud to happen. Never mind. There's no such evidence that it would make voter fraud easier to happen uh, or that it's happening in New Jersey via, uh, you know, registration at the DMV, which is what would happen here if he hadn't uh, vetoed this bill. Uh, New Jerseyans support this reform by big margins, and it's going to be on the ballot next year, apparently, or they're considering putting it on the ballot in New Jersey next year since Governor Chris Christie vetoed it. Uh, Doesn't want you to vote. He said, uh, I I don't think that people ought to be automatically registered to vote. That's a direct quote. He said that on his radio show in uh, over the summer. Is it really too much to ask for someone to fill out a form? Well, they have to fill out a form when they go to uh, get their license, when they go to apply for a driver's license. So they're already doing that. And then they would be registered to vote. But, you know, he's making stuff up because he doesn't want people to vote. So uh, with all of that in mind, back to Ohio. Back to Ohio, where uh, Steve Rosenfeld from Alternet uh, writes over the weekend, new evidence emerges of vote counting chicanery in Ohio pot ballot initiative. And uh, Rosenfeld, uh, uh, who's a friend, uh, Bob Fetrakis, 
uh, Harvey Wasserman, all from Ohio, who did uh, yeoman's work in Ohio back in 2004. And that was one of the reasons I mentioned Victoria Parks, because we're going back to 2004 here. And uh, questions about the results and questions about the Republican Secretary of State and what they are reporting and what they are not reporting. Uh, and you may have seen this story at, uh, at Alternet, uh, at Raw Story uh, today. Concerns about the results in the POT initiative, the marijuana in initiative, issue number three, issue three on the ballot last Tuesday, Tuesday, November 3rd in, uh, in Ohio. And uh, the screenshots that uh, were sent, I think, into uh, uh, Bob Vitrakis. But in any event, they all ended up uh, running this over at the Columbus Free Press and uh, over at Alternate and Raw Story and so forth. And uh, here's what the screenshot shows. And this is I, I've told, as a matter of fact, just the day before the election last week, I told you, take screenshots throughout the night as you're seeing results come in. Take screenshots. Uh, and, and date stamp them so you know what time they came in, because a lot of times results change from the time we see them to later on when they're reported. And sure enough, apparently people are, uh, are, are taking me or others up on this and getting screenshots. And they got screenshots. And uh, one of the screenshots from WHIO, a TV station in, uh, in Dayton, a TV show, a TV, uh, yeah, TV station in Dayton, WHIO-TV. Uh, screenshot shows uh, with 39% of the vote in, the marijuana initiative was passing uh, with 65% uh, of the vote, 65-35. Had 969,000 votes as of uh, when 39% uh, of the vote were, was in. Then, a little bit later, when 45% of the vote was in, the yes votes, which had been 969,000, went down by 300,000 votes. Wait, say that again? Yes, that's right. Uh, the yes votes, there was 969,000. And then a few minutes later, 614,000 yes votes. So the yes went down by 300,000 votes. How does the count between, go backwards? Well, I'll explain. Well, somebody's got to explain. So 39% of precincts reporting and then 45% of precincts reporting. We've got screenshots from from both and the results went backwards. Seemingly impossible numbers, as you point out, Desi Doyen. Also on issue one, seemingly impossible numbers. Uh, this was a redistricting uh, of state legislative districts. It was election reform, the, the, the way that these uh, election districts are drawn up in the state of Ohio. Uh, apparently, uh, when 39% uh, of the vote was in, there were almost a million people against this initiative. 990,000 Ohioans said no, according to WHIO on election night. 990,000 were against issue one. Then a few minutes later, with 49% uh, uh, reporting, uh, just uh, under half a million said no. So the numbers went down by half a million as the night went on. Again, impossible numbers going backwards. Something is amiss, one would think. Uh, issue two stayed sort of uh, fine and uh, I don't think uh, flipped throughout the night, according to these screenshots. But if these screenshots from WHIO can be trusted, something is wrong. Numbers 
the yes-no values for this marijuana initiative seems to have flipped, and the yes-no value seems to have flipped for issue one. The uh, marijuana initiative uh, ended up losing, by the way, almost two to one. It lost by huge margins, as reported ultimately uh, by the Ohio Secretary of State, Republican John Husted. Issue one, the uh, reform, uh, the election reform initiative, that ended up passing. So what the hell happened here? Is somebody gaming the system? Is this uh, evidence of fraud? Did somebody not want this Ohio ballot uh, pot uh, ballot initiative to pass? Now, there were, by the way, the Ohio pot uh, initiative to legalize marijuana uh, was not beloved by even by uh, marijuana supporters because it would have set up a, an oligopoly, uh, essentially 10 Wealthy businessmen would be the only people, a, a monopoly, a 10-person monopoly. These 10 people would be the only ones who would get licensed to grow and sell marijuana in the state of Ohio. And they were the same ones who actually put this initiative on the ballot. They stand to make billions had this passed. So it was not really a great uh, initiative uh, for, uh, for, for pot lovers out there. It would have made it legal, but it would have also uh, corporatized it immediately. Um, that said, uh, the way the numbers happen, the way what we see in these screenshots begs an explanation. And there were similarly strange numbers in uh, screenshots from uh, another site as well that uh, Rosenfeld reported over at Alternet over the weekend. So I was looking at these numbers, trying to figure out what the hell is going on, talking to Rosenfeld, talking to Bob Fetrakis, um, trying to understand where these screenshots came from. In any event, that's what they reported over the weekend, these impossible numbers. And I started hearing from people, hey, there's fraud in uh, Ohio. This is evidence of fraud in Ohio. Well, maybe, maybe not. Um, they claim that these numbers at WHIO and this other uh, media outlet, which is not identified here, this, this screenshot is not identified, that they were coming from the, uh, from the Board of Elections, or at least from the, from the uh, Secretary of State's office, John Husted from his office and they were basically just uh, they were wired in to the Secretary of State's and they were the Secretary of State's numbers and they were running them on their website. Well, uh, I called the uh, Secretary of State and uh, got in touch uh, not with the John Husted himself, but with his communications director, Matt McClellan. He was aware of this issue was aware of the numbers as reported at WHIO and this other outlet and says that those people, that he actually um, spoke with the folks at WHIO and that they were covering, uh, covering results on election night, that both of the outlets were uh, operated by Cox Media and that it was a problem on their end that they were not, in fact, taking numbers from the Secretary of State that night Matt McClellan of the Secretary of State's office tells me that someone was manually entering in the data into those uh, websites, and when they noticed the mistake, that they made a correction. He says he talked with somebody over at Cox Media. He says, uh, and I'll just read some of these direct quotes from my notes from talking to him earlier today in Ohio. Secretary of State, first off, the screenshots aren't from our website. They don't provide screenshots from our office in this report. He's talking about the uh, the report from... Uh, Petrakis and Wasserman and Rosenfeld, all of whom have been on this show throughout the years, by the way, friends. Uh, he says they don't provide screenshots from our office. Our numbers stayed consistent throughout the night. So he says 
Issue one and two was passing all night, and number three was failing. Stayed that way the entire night, Matt McClellan says. He says, at no point throughout the night did you see a flip on our website. Our results didn't change throughout the night other than small margins here or there. He tells me that he talked to the people at Cox uh, Communications, uh, Cox Media. He says, I talked to them, and they said it was a hand-keying error on their end. Uh, he said that uh, McClellan said that we, the Secretary of State's office, made a feed available, but ultimately that's at the discretion of the media outlets as to how they get the results. Some folks use the AP feed. Uh, some folks use Secretary of State. Uh, he says, from our end, uh, there were no issues coming in from our site. We went back, he says, and double-checked to make sure it was an entry issue on their end, human error. That's what the Ohio Secretary of State says about what was reported at WHIO on election night, live, and uh, and this other outlet, which is not identified, but which uh, the Secretary of State says is another Cox Media outlet. No fraud, nothing to worry about, says the Ohio Secretary of State, who, by the way, did not uh, support that pot initiative. Who's right? Who's wrong? Who's got it right? I don't know. Uh, and that's one of the reasons throughout the day this show has changed so many times as I have been trying to make sense of it. Now, I, I spoke with Bob Fetrakis just before going on air here. Uh, and uh, Bob tells me that he had uh, he's got some tracking numbers that uh, say that the marijuana initiative, rather than losing two to one, it should have uh, passed by two to one. It should have been supported by two to one, at least according to some of the once again, the pre-election numbers. He he had some Zogby tracking numbers he was looking at from October 18. That's mid uh, mid month, and that's you know a couple of weeks before the election actually happened. Uh, but in that case, those Zogby numbers uh, for issue three said 52% uh, uh, support it, 23 are opposed, so that's almost two to one, and 24% were not sure. Uh, Bob uh, says that big money was in favor of the initiative, that they were the ones who had the, the money on the air in, uh, in Ohio, that the opposition to issue three had very little uh, uh, money, very, little t very few TV ads. And so that when you had mid-month two-to-one support for this marijuana initiative, that would sync up with two-to-one support uh, on election night Unless the results were flipped, unless they were simply flipped, unless yes was flipped to no, no was flipped to yes by someone somewhere, somehow inside the system, outside the system, inside the secretary of state's office, a hacker. Who knows? We don't know. And we don't know that it happened. And all of this mess, all of this mess is thanks to the fact that we don't publicly count elections in this country, that we rely on on touchscreen voting systems and we rely on paper ballots handmarked but counted by computers. And we simply don't know. So anyway, over the weekend, uh, they were reporting that this suggests there was fraud in the uh, in the election last week in Ohio. Maybe it does. The Ohio Secretary of State says, no, no, it doesn't. Our information on our website stayed the same the whole night. Now, I have been able to find the results, uh, a timeline for the results on their website. As a matter of fact, just before I came on air, I wanted to see what their final numbers were, or at least the 
unofficial uh, numbers. They don't certify the, the race. They're canvassing, making sure they got everything right. Um, later this month, they'll certify them. Uh, so I wasn't able to find them, uh, frankly, over at the Secretary of State's website. Uh, but more importantly, uh, I was interested in the timeline throughout the night. What did their numbers look like at the Secretary of State's website throughout the night? And Matt McClellan, the communications director there, tells me they, they don't have that. They don't have their own screenshots. Uh, I don't know if it could be reconstructed to figure that out. But we're all left to guess. Later numbers, uh, Fatrikas uh, tells me, he has uh, tracking numbers from the Kitchen Group, which he says is also well-respected. And by the way, Bob Fatrikas is, is an attorney. Uh, he, he's run for office. He's a journalist. Um He's frankly an expert in Ohio. This guy knows more about he's an encyclopedia of Ohio politics going back decades. Um, love talking to him uh, in any event. Uh, he he, talk, he cited this uh, the kitchen group, um, which says on issue three, again, the marijuana initiative just days before the election. Well, October 23. So a little bit later in the month, 45 support. Um, the uh, initiative, 43 oppose the initiative. But, he says, among likely voters in that same tracking poll, uh, it was 49-26. Again, two to one. Two to one. Among likely voters, or whoever was considered to be a likely voter in that poll. Two to one, it should pass, and instead, two to one, it reportedly lost. Fatrakis tells me that... Uh, the tracking polls, he believes, suggest uh, more that uh, the results were flipped than not flipped, meaning flipped by someone or even something. The failed uh, the, the voting machines that fail all the time. Go to Bradblog.com. Look up Palm Beach County 2012. I think it's I'm losing track now. 12 or I think it's 2012. Yeah. Uh, when uh, uh, elections in, in Palm Beach County, uh, three elections uh, were announced completely incorrectly and they went back and they did a hand count and they found that uh two of the people announced as winners by the uh, computers actually lost their race and they only found that out thanks to a hand count thanks to the sharp-eyed supervisor of elections down there in palm beach county my uh florida uh and then we found out from the company that made those machines those machines are used all over the country uh made by sequoia which is now owned by dominion uh, that all of the machines that uh, were made by uh, Sequoia all had the same bug that potentially led to inaccurate results like those found in Palm Beach. This happens all the time. So it could be an accident as well. It could just be failure somewhere along the line. We don't know. So Fatrakis says, uh, in his opinion, for whatever that's worth, uh, he, he believes they were flipped, or at least the uh, evidence, uh, according to the tracking polls, suggests that they would have had to have been flipped. Um, he also says that if Cox Media is manually keying in their results, as the Ohio Secretary of State tells me, tells the broadcast, tells bradblog.com today, Fatrika says they need to stop doing that, he says, because it's absurd. He said, why would you key in manually unless you want mistakes? That's his opinion. I don't know. Um, but it does look like that. It does look like it was simply a mistake. Uh, well, 
I, I can't say it was a mistake. Something went wrong. But uh, it was at one point yes to no for issue three, according to the screenshot. Yes to no, 65 to 35 percent. And then it was no to yes by that same margin, 65 to 35 percent in Ohio. This is where we've gotten to. This is where we've gotten to. Republicans don't want you to vote. Democrats don't want to investigate this stuff at all for reasons that I don't understand. Uh, we had uh, last week uh, or a week or two ago um, Ray Byersdorfer from Ohio, speaking of Ohio, who wanted a hand count of the ballots. In uh, There was an initiative in Mahoning County, Ohio, an anti-fracking initiative, which he felt in 2014 should have passed, according to a poll that his group took, an exit poll that his group took, uh, at least a post-election poll. And yet it lost by huge numbers. This, And he went to the election uh, Board of Elections in Mahoning County and said, can we get a hand count? And they freaked out. They freaked out. The Democrat, Des, do you have that? Handy. This is the Democrat on the Board of Elections in Mahoning County, Mahoning County after Ray Byersdorfer asked them, hey, please, can we get a hand count of the, of the paper ballots next time? And the guy went nuts. You just basically accused this board of criminal behavior. No one in this board condones, allows, or supports, or, or, or in any way would do anything to impugn the election results. For you to accuse this board that somehow we all conspired to make sure that your issue lost is just ridiculous. Okay, now, and I'm not he, didn't, see he didn't actually, and I'm not going to sit there and take it, he goes on and on, and let you accuse us of rigging the election. Ray Byersdorfer never did that. Ray Byersdorfer said, I would just like to have this hand counted so we can know, so the questions can go away. And that was the Democrat responding to Ray Byersdorfer, uh, an anti a geologist, uh, a guy who supports the anti-fracking initiative, which, by the way, this time lost by a mere 345 votes in Mahoning County. 345 votes out of thousands cast. At least it reportedly lost. They're going to now try to pay. Citizens are being forced to pay for a recount in that race. Because they don't know. They can't support, they can't trust what is uh, reported by these computers. Not because anyone is stealing elections necessarily, but because the numbers are sometimes simply wrong. Or because they are stealing elections. Who knows? We don't know unless we count the ballots. That was a Democrat going crazy. Tom Hartman was talking about this same issue earlier today. He was citing our reporting on this. And he, do we have, uh, we got time for this. Uh, he, he explains, and this is a question that's asked to me all the time, why don't Democrats take action uh, to do something about this if they are so concerned about election results? Well, maybe they're not concerned. Here was what Tom Hartman said uh, on his program uh, today about when uh, he was speaking with uh, some Democrats out in Washington, D.C. about exactly this issue. Why don't they investigate? Why don't they hand count paper ballots instead? Now, here's the deal. I can tell you from from being here in D.C. for the last five, six years and and, you know, hanging out at at more than a couple of cocktail parties with Democratic Party officials or Democratic consultants, that this is an issue that no Democrat is willing to bring up out loud. No Democrat will bring this up because and, and here's the logic. And I actually a, a Democratic consultant whose name you would recognize 
laid this out for me about six years ago and said, this is why. And I have every reason to believe that the story that he told me is the story that the whole Democratic Party is telling itself. If we were to investigate election fraud, not voter fraud, not individual voters voting in two states, like Chris Kobach busted these three 60-year-olds, 60-plus-year-olds in Kansas. But if you're, if you're looking at actual election fraud, where somebody steals the election, not, not a vote, but the entire election, if you, are, if you are looking at election fraud, there is a, a, a long and, frankly, rather frightening history of it. In the United States, probably going back to our earliest elections, ballot stuffing, stuffing ballot boxes, voting machines. I mean, you know, it's just. This is a long time thing, but the story that the Democrats tell themselves is that if we start talking about election fraud, that Democratic voters will say to themselves, you know. That electronic machine might just flip my vote, so why should I even bother? I don't think I'll even show up to vote. The Democratic consultants are afraid that if Democrats think that the machines are rigged, they won't show up to vote. Now, I disagree. I think that if Democrats think that the machines are rigged, they'll show up and they'll start asking a lot of questions about the machines. They'll start putting heat on people. They'll start taking pictures of their vote. They'll start demanding a paper trail, an audit, the you know, vote in paper, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But that's not what the elected politicians and the Democratic Party officials believe. No, it's not. And I can confirm that that was Hartman uh, today uh, covering some of our work on on Kentucky and responding to why it is that uh, Democrats don't take some action here. They are afraid. And I would add to that. uh, Not only are they afraid it's going to keep people from voting, they're also afraid that people are going to call them conspiracy theorists. Tinfoil hat wearers, you know, as as we've seen uh, people calling me uh, concerning Kentucky when all I'm saying is count the goddamn ballots. I'm not saying it was stolen. I'm not saying it wasn't. I'm saying that uh, evidence is, is is disturbing, that the ballots haven't been verified, so count them. Uh, but I have heard that from Democratic officials. And, as Tom suggests, the evidence that I've heard uh, from voters is quite different. When, when they hear about their electoral system, they want to get out there, they want to watch, they want to make damn sure that their vote is counted, is counted accurately. They want to fight for their vote. They don't want to throw up their hands and give up. The more they learn about this situation, the angrier they get, the more they want to fight for their democracy. And by the way, that's not just uh, Democrats, that's Republicans as well. Talk to Ron Paul supporters uh, uh, from uh, four and eight years ago. They were some of the best people demanding ballots to actually be publicly counted. The more people learn about how easy it is to flip an election with these machines, the more they want to get rid of them and the more they want to participate in their democracy. And get it right. Democrats are absolutely wrong if they don't want to investigate uh, and, and go to a transparent system. They are absolutely wrong. I've also heard them say, well, hey, these machines couldn't be that bad. They got me elected, didn't they? And that's what they think. All right, uh, just to close a loop here, uh, WHIO, uh, that TV station in Dayton uh, that the Secretary of State of Ohio says made a mistake on election night. I have not yet heard back from them. I've got a call into WHIO. I hope to hear from them uh, so that they can confirm that it was their mistake that they made, which is what the uh, Ohio Secretary of State currently claims. I can't confirm that. I'm doing my best to report this thing out as we go. Um, really, it 
it shouldn't be this hard. All right, a quick break, and we're back with some Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. This is your Bradcast. Okay, Desi Doyen, are you going to cheer me up with today's Green News Report? Well, I hope so. Actually, it's always nice to see fossil fuels go through a bit of a, a, bit of a go bump. Go through hell, yes, I know. <laughs> uh, and actually, I, I don't need cheering up. I, I'm fine. It's just so frustrating. It shouldn't be this difficult. If you want to help, by the way, go on over, uh, search the Googles for change.org and uh, Kentucky. What was the, uh, uh, and, and thanks to whoever is Concerned Kentucky Residents. So search for Concerned Kentucky Residents at change.org. And uh, you can sign the uh, Ken- uh, Kentucky Demands, a public hand count of every ballot that was cast for governor on November 3rd. <clears throat> Where are we at now? There is currently, I didn't even know about this, and already 10,613 uh, supporters have signed on to that. Make your voice heard. Any way you can, any way and every way you can. We will be covering this, I suspect, as things move forward. I'm trying to get on to other things, but, it, man, it ain't easy. Uh, tomorrow night, of course, our debate coverage. Uh, anyway, for now, let's get to it. Man, our latest Green News report. We're going to have to keep some fossil fuels in the ground rather than burn them. A bad week for fossil fuels. Obama rejects Keystone XL pipeline. Peabody Coal caught lying to the public about climate change. ExxonMobil now under investigation for what it knew and when it knew it. Plus, SeaWorld is phasing out the theatrical killer whale show. Amid backlash, SeaWorld San Diego finally responds to critics. Fossil fuels, no good, very bad week and more straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. Who spends money on energy prices? It is disproportionately um, affecting minority and low-income families. Very convenient that the conservatives are so concerned about the poor on the one issue where it benefits the Koch brothers. Um, Imagine that. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, as the planet is heating up, so too are the legal consequences, it seems, for the fossil fuel industry. Yeah, it's been a very, very interesting couple of days for big fossil fuels. First, Keystone XL is dead. The State Department has decided that the Keystone XL pipeline would not serve the national interests of the United States. I agree with that decision. That was President Obama rejecting a permit for the controversial proposed Keystone XL pipeline on Friday. Obama cited climate change as his primary reason for rejecting that cross-border permit. America is now a global leader when it comes to taking serious action to fight climate change. And frankly, approving this project would have undercut that global leadership. Today, we're continuing to lead by example. Because ultimately, if we're going to prevent large parts of this earth from becoming not only inhospitable, but uninhabitable in our lifetimes, we're going to have to 
keep some fossil fuels in the ground rather than burn them. President Obama's decision now adds momentum to the U.N. climate talks coming up in December in a few weeks. He says he will attend personally. Well, that's a huge deal. It's a huge, largely symbolic deal, I think, in regard to the Keystone XL pipeline. But I think most important is that it sends a message to uh, organizers and advocates and activists out there that if you organize, get things together, yes, you can take on the most powerful industry in the history of civilization. Way to go, activists. Also taking on the most powerful industry in the history of civilization, New York State. A two-year investigation by New York Attorney General Eric Schneiderman has found Peabody Coal, the world's largest coal company, misled its investors about how regulations to fight climate change could hurt the coal industry. That's a violation of a New York State law that protects investors from fraud. In a settlement announced Monday, the first of its kind against a fossil fuel company, Peabody Peabody Coal will pay no fines and admit no wrongdoing, but it must amend its shareholder documents from the past and in the future to reflect the actual science of climate change. So it's actually costing them nothing? No money? No nothing? That's right. So what kind of accountability is that? Not much, activists note, but it does require them to not lie about it in the future. Wow. Color me unimpressed with Eric Schneiderman in that case. But wait, there is more. Attorney General Schneiderman on Friday went further. He has subpoenaed oil giant ExxonMobil following revelations that Exxon's management knew about the dangers of climate change as early as 1977, yet funded a climate science denial network to mislead the public and investors about climate change. Eric Schneiderman's investigation into Exxon seeks information and documents to find out exactly what Exxon knew and when it knew it and if it broke the law about lying to investors. At the end of which he may write them a sternly worded note? That may be the case. Sounds like we need the Department of Justice in on this because somebody needs to be held accountable for defrauding the public. Meanwhile, in other news, SeaWorld announced on Monday it will end its theatrical shows featuring orcas performing tricks. SeaWorld executives announced they will phase out the killer whale show at the San Diego facility next year and replace it with a new, quote, informative experience in a more natural setting. The move comes after public backlash sparked by the documentary film Blackfish showing orca abuse in captivity that harmed ticket sales. Plus, California officials last month banned SeaWorld from breeding any more killer whales in captivity. But the show is being phased out at only one of SeaWorld's facilities. Naturally. Finally, 2015 continues to break records for extreme weather. One week ago, the Arab nation of Yemen was hit with its first ever hurricane in recorded history. Now another hurricane has made landfall in the same war-torn region. That's two hurricane-strength cyclones in one week where none had been recorded before, thanks to record-warm ocean temperatures. Other than that, why worry? For much more on all of the stories we covered today and the ones we couldn't get to, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Download our reports anytime via Stitcher, TuneIn, or iTunes. Find us and follow us on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. From bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. Riders on the storm. Riders on the storm. Storm clouds gathering. Man. Hey, uh, my thanks to our producer Desi Doyen, to our booking goddess Cynthia Cohn. 
Uh, if you missed any portion of today's program, you can download it at bradblog.com or over at iTunes. Drop me email if you have any thoughts, concerns, or screenshots that you think I should see. My email address is bradcast at bradblog.com. And you can follow us on the Twitters and the Facebooks at the Brad Blog. All right, that's it. Uh, live post-debate coverage tomorrow with Digby and Dayan and maybe your calls. You're not going to want to miss that. Until then, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. Good luck, world.